Welcome to this podcast, recorded live at the Junction Church, Aberdeen. We pray this message inspires and encourages you. For more information, you can connect with us at www.thejunctionchurch.com. to minister something to us very special and um, in um, uh, in Corinthians um, in 1 Corinthians um, we read that um, we read that Paul is speaking to the church and he speaks about the covenant that Christ has brought with us in fact let's go to um, let's go to Luke's Luke's Gospel 22, because um, we can um, we can read it in there. Luke, Luke uh, 22, verse 20, and says he says this. Likewise, also the cup after. Uh, sorry, I'm going to. I'm just going to go. I've just grabbed these scriptures, um, and I haven't actually got the. Here it is. Um, can you give me one Corinthians 15? Yeah, um, one Corinthians. Sorry. No, Luke twenty two twenty. <laughs> like I told you, he needed to pray, right? Uh, Luke twenty two twenty. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go with that. It's on the scripture. Oh, look at that. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, "This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you." Now, when Jesus died on the cross, his blood was shed that we might have new life, and we we know that we we say it so many times, but. At the Passover meal, he took the wine, which was the most common thing that they would do. They, um, they would drink wine. He said, in fact, he said, as often as you take it, which was every meal, right? They had wine every meal, and, and that was, there was a good reason for that. It's um, uh, wine, um, the alcohol in the wine helps break down um, uh, bacteria, etc., and, and just helps fight off, fight off disease. That's what I keep telling myself. Um, <laughs> and and uh, so, so they would have one. He says, as often as you take it, do this in remembrance of me. And so in other words, he's saying, your whole life is now changing because this cup is a sign of a new covenant. Yeah. Now, you have to remember they already had a covenant. And that covenant was a very, very structured, ornate process of coming to the altar and bringing your sacrifices and and bringing your offerings and going through these seasons and the Passover meal and uh, you had a wave offering, you had all kinds of offerings through the through the year to to bring yourself into remembrance to worship the Lord and to, uh, and to um, bring a sin offering so that you get your relationship right with God and, and you've got to sacrifice lambs and bulls and doves and you've got to give away um, your, your, your fruit and your wheat and your, your barley and goodness knows what else. And there's this, there's this extraordinary ornate process of a, of a covenant that you've got to follow step by step. And then Jesus just goes, yeah, um, this is the new covenant, right? This is it. That's it, right? In this cup of wine, this is it. 
That covenant changes everything because in this is something so significantly different because it, it, it changes the, the process in which we're able now to live. He says, do this in remembrance and each time that you drink of it, which is every time you drink of it, which was several times a day, remember me. In other words, this is no longer a, a holiday season where we're not just doing this um, in, in the May time or the, uh, in, in, in the in the springtime, in the autumn time. There is, we're not just doing on those because we're doing it several times a day, every day. We, we are, we're remembering what Christ has done because suddenly I now get access to the King of Kings. His, his blood is, has been spilled that I may be washed clean, that I may be healed, that I may have access to everything that he has done for me. And, and Jesus his blood was poured out that we might have the fullness of his redemption. Now, here, here's the amazing thing. While Raquel was singing, I, I was taken to that process, that journey when, when, Peter, uh, when the disciples are in that point of like turmoil. And, and Thomas is a, you've got to love Thomas, haven't you? Thomas, Thomas has, a, has a way of just like, just ruining the party. He's the, he's the guy that just, he says what everybody else is thinking. And, uh, and um, he, he, he's not one of those guys that will just help build the atmosphere. Rather, he rather just kind of, he, he's feeling bad and he's going to make sure everybody else feels bad too. And, and uh, earlier on in the Gospels, when um, Jesus is, is, is speaking about, uh, dying, he says, come on, let's all, we're going to die too. And, and, and it's like, <laughs> what an unbelievably depressive character. Uh, and it's amazing who Jesus picks to be one of his great journeymen who's going who's gonna to spread the gospel. He's got this bloke who, who's about as happy <laughs> as Mr. Grumpy. It's like, and, and uh, so... Um, he, here he is, and, and Jesus has died, he's risen again, and, and, and Thomas just can't buy into it. Thomas, Thomas needs a little bit more than, than um, when, Thomas needs a, a bit more than, than the stories and the testimonies and the, the experiences that were happening. He, he needs Jesus, to, he needs to see Jesus face to face, and it, it, it says, and let me, in John chapter 20, and Jesus uh, appears uh, to the, uh, ooh, that's not John 20. Um, <laughs> uh, when Jesus appears to the disciples, um, he says, uh, he speaks to them. And, and Thomas called the twin, one of the 12, this is John 20, 24, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we've seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see his hands and the print of his nails and put my finger into the print of his nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples uh, were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas said to him, and Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Now, now I, I want you to 
see this because um, I want you to see this because what what happens is that that Jesus had been crucified on the cross. We saw we saw the artistic kind of portrayal of what Jesus probably looked like dying on a cross, right? The scars and the, the, the absolute terror of what he would have gone through, the whippings, the lashings, the, 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 the absolute trauma of his, his physical body. And then Jesus rose again. And when he rose again, nobody recognized him. They didn't initially. So he's risen in his new man, his new being, he has, a, he has a body that can walk through walls, yet he can eat uh, and it doesn't fall through him. <laughs> it's, it's, it's remarkable. He's risen a new man. He's risen, and, and, and so he's not recognizable, and yet he is recognizable. They, they, they understood he was Jesus, but they did, couldn't quite see him as they had seen him before. Here he is, and so he's risen as a new man, he's risen as that life-giving spirit. He's risen. He's risen in that nature, and yet he still has the scars of his crucifixion. Wow. He's still got the scars. Everything else is renewed, but he's got the scars of what he went through. And I suddenly became aware that the scars of what he went through were the story and the testimony of what he had overcome. And we have to understand that there are scars of our life that we have gone through, but when Christ comes into your life, here's the amazing thing. He makes you a new person, but but the scars are still visible. There There are many things in my life which I am still very much aware of of who I was or of my humanity, of my weakness, because Christ has done something significant, but he will always leave a reminder of who you were so that you can step and say, see this, I'm a new man, but I've been renewed, but this is who I was. In, um, In John's gospel see if I can find this in fact let's not go to John's gospel let's go to Acts um, and uh, I think it's Acts 14 I'm really flying by the seat of my pants here now and uh, no, it, it might be 13 I know it's verse 36. <laughs> Here we go. 13, Acts 13, 36. Woo! <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not as stupid as I thought it was. Right, here we go. Acts 13, 36 says this. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep and was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up saw no corruption. David, the great hero of the Bible, David, a follower of the old covenant, a David who, who portrayed so much of who, what Christ would be, of the covenant that Christ would bring. He, he gave this prophetic insight as to, 
as to what the church should look like and how we should gain access to the throne room and how we should worship. David paints this incredible picture. But David dies and sees corruption. But, but Jesus... Now, the amazing, what is the most powerful word? You think the most powerful word in there, but Jesus saw no corruption. No corruption, you think, is the most powerful word in that scripture. But I think the most powerful word in those two verses is the word but. Is the word but. Because but is a conjunction that, that, that takes two opposing thoughts and ideas and smashes them together and it empowers you to say, well, I was that but. This is who I am now. I was sick, but now I am healed. I I was lost, but now I am found. See, David died and saw corruption, but Christ came and did something so significantly different that even though David saw corruption, Christ brought such a redemption that he never had to experience corruption. And so what we have is this incredible journey of our lives where we know and experience corruption. When Mary Magdalene and she goes to the, the uh, they go to the graveside and, and there they go in and they're expecting on the, on the third day, they're expecting to go and see if they can somehow prepare Jesus' body because he'd been buried so quickly, hasn't been properly prepared according to how they, they, their own experience and they wanted to do it properly. They were looking for a body that was experiencing corruption. But when they came there, they found nothing because he had risen. And, and they began to experience this extraordinary paradox of life that you can have scars of your old nature, but the wonderful power of redemption that puts a butt right in the middle of your life. There's an extraordinary butt that goes, I'm going to take this truth of who you are, and I'm going to smash it together with this incredible revelation of what Christ has done and put a butt right in the middle. It's always good to have a butt in the middle of your life. (laughs) But he came and saved us from our sin. But isn't isn't it amazing when when children learn to speak and and, uh, at the moment we... Cheryl and I are enjoying having Bella uh, one or two days a week just in, and, and just listening to her uh, learn language. And, and at the moment, she's, she's got a very articulate um, description of nonsense. It's, uh, <laughs> it, she, she's not really saying anything, but she's, she's discovered an ability to express herself. I, I, I think somewhere deep in our, in our DNA somewhere must be an Italian Ah, because because she's just talking gobbledygook, but she's doing it with her hands. She's telling us this, and she's going like this all the time, and and then she goes, oh, oh, somewhere there's got to be an Italian in there. It's like, and she's doing all of this, and she's doing, but but one day she'll learn the word but, and then we're all in trouble because. Because you'll say to her, listen, I, I, I don't think you should swing on the chair. And she say, yeah, but. <laughs> and the moment someone learns the word but, 
the challenge, but they, they, they can take whatever you say, and they can, they can put it, a conjunction in right there and, and, and just change the story completely. <laughs> uh, yesterday I was with, uh, at, with, uh, with all the families and we were there. It was at the end of the day and most, most people have gone home. We'd gone to have some ice creams there. At, uh, had a house at the cafe and, and uh, <clears throat> quite close to where the cafe is there, um, they've got this construction going on. No idea what it is. It's a huge hexagon timber hexagon thing that's sort of raised up on on legs and it's got a ramp coming up to it and and uh, they've got tape all the way around it and um, we we don't know what it is and I walked over to have a closer look Ben seeing James's son Ben who's just I I just love him so much because if there's mischief to be found he will find it and And, and he comes running up and his eyes are alive with life. And he, he comes running up next to me and, and he wants to know what they're doing. I said, well, I, I don't know what it is. And he, he says, I think it's a museum. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a museum. They found dinosaur bones, he said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and he said, can, can, I, can, I, can we go and have a look? And I went, no, I don't think so. See that red tape? You're not allowed in there. And the moment I said, you're not allowed, he went... Aren't I? Right. <laughs> I, I, I said, Ben, you, I don't think you're, you're allowed to go there. And he goes, yeah, but. <laughs> and suddenly he discovers that if he can put a bud in there, he can change the story. It doesn't matter what went before, because when the moment you put a bud in a, in a sentence, regardless of what happens before... Yeah. But changes everything. <laughs> and now we've got a new story going on. David saw corruption, but Jesus saw no corruption. He still had the scars, but he was a redeemed, risen Savior, a redeeming, risen Savior who stepped into our world that regardless of what was before, he gave us the word but, that we may look at our story and say, I was hurt, but now I am healed. I I was lost, but now I am redeemed. I was broken, but now I have been put back together. My Savior has saved me. I was alone, but now I have a friend who walks with me. You know, there is a but for your life. (laughs) We continue to be troubled by our own story, don't we not? The story of our own lives. I, 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 I need you to understand that you will, in the length of your life, go through highs and lows of experience of your own humanity. Sometimes, for the most part, I hope you don't spend too long thinking your own weaknesses 
because it's depressing, right? Here's the thing that, see, everyone's looking for life. Everyone's looking for life. Do you know people take their lives? The irony of why people take their lives is because they didn't have, they wanted a life that they didn't have. They just wanted to live. They couldn't find it. Because they couldn't find it, they couldn't think of another solution that would solve it. That's why people get depressed, because they, they were looking for life. They just never found the but. And I've experienced in life many highs and lows, and, and there are times when I have looked at my own life and become rather disappointed at my own frailty, my own weaknesses, my own inability to do things and in times and because that's true for all of us right we can all see our own failure but we must as I said on Friday be like the thief who looked at the king and saw a savior and understood that in a savior was redemption and was forgiveness Because when we look at Christ, our theology changes. Thief on the cross, he he had no knowledge of the Savior. He had never, he wasn't there when Jesus was healing the sick. He, He hadn't sat with him while he was speaking his parables. Yet, in looking at him, he realized that he is perfect, that he is a forgiver of our sinful nature, that he can give us new life. So we need to turn and see that Jesus must always be the but in the midst of all your life experience. When you're going through sickness, when you're going through hard times, you've got to make sure your butt is right there with you. I've got my butt with me. My butt discounts everything before, declares who I am now. My Savior heals me. My Savior restores me. My Savior forgives me. My Savior provides for me. My Savior leads me into righteousness. My Savior takes me onto a journey. Extraordinary breakthrough. For they tried to destroy Christ, but He overcame. The but is the greatest of all in the story of redemption. It creates a line between who we were and who we are. Thanks for joining with us. For more information about events, service times and how to connect with us, visit www.thejunctionchurch.com.